Making the gospel real. One of our greatest desires is to make the gospel real when we share it with other people. We may do this by telling them how much God loves them. We may do this by sharing our testimony. We may even do this by recounting specific verses that speak directly into the challenges they face. But one of the ways that Jesus made the gospel real was by showing it to them. When the crowd followed him to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, he knew they'd be hungry. Asking his disciples to feed the ravenous crowd, Jesus caught them by surprise. It would take a year's wages, complained Philip. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, presented the pitifully small offering of a little boy's lunch, five barley loaves and two fish. It was thoughtfully generous, but exceedingly insufficient, but Jesus wasn't daunted. He raised the meager morsels toward heaven and asked God to bless it. What took place was nothing short of a miracle. That tiny amount expanded to feed 5,000 men and innumerable women and children, and not just a small snack, but a bountiful feast until they were fully satisfied. The next day, Jesus spoke to the very same crowd who'd followed him over to Capernaum. After all, wouldn't you chase after the man who provided you with a full belly and a free meal? When they, well, they weren't shamed either because they asked for more. But Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He had satisfied their physical hunger, but knew they needed so much more. They needed spiritual food. He showed them he was their ultimate source of sustenance. Not only did they remember how he'd taken care of their hunger, but he explained how he could satisfy all of their needs because he was the great and is the great I am. As in most cultures around the world, bread was a significant part of the Jewish life of celebration and remembrance. It was an important element in their Passover meal, as God instructed them to eat unleavened bread as they hurried to flee their Egyptian oppressors. Further, when they were trekking through the wilderness and hunger gnawed at their belly, the Lord rained down food from heaven. A daily gift he provides for 40 years until the people were entering the promised land. Once again, in John 6, Jesus miraculously provides them bread from heaven. Even though they're chasing him to receive more free meals, Jesus teaches them a valuable lesson. Although bread is necessary for survival, he is essential for eternal life. He even helps them remember God's earlier provision, telling them, your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus graphically showed them how real the gospel is. Similarly, when he met up with the careworn woman at the well, he knew she was thirsty. Yet he recognized that she was not only thirsty for physical water, but she was thirsty for spiritual water too. He knew that the water from this well, even though highly regarded as the well of their esteemed ancestor Jacob, the one he'd given to his beloved son Joseph, even this water would not completely satisfy. 
And so he says to her, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. The woman's incredulous. One, that a Jewish man would speak to her and two, that he would offer such a gift. It's too impossible to imagine, but Jesus persists. Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. At a small Samaritan village by this well, Jesus shows a thirsty Samaritan woman how to receive the living water her soul craves. To the Samaritan woman and later to her community, Jesus showed the reality of the gospel. Now we believe, they say, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. She gave her testimony, but they heard the master and his words made them thirst no more. This was also true for a woman caught in adultery. Her sins, once hidden, were now displayed for all to see, and her life was on the line. But Jesus did not stand in condemnation. Instead, he took a stick and wrote in the dry dirt. Some scholars suggest it was the sins of the Pharisees, those haughty men who had contrived this wicked situation and were ready to cast their killing stones at her. But Jesus brought their hidden sins to life and to light for all to see. In shame, they dropped their hateful rocks and slipped away. And so to the woman, he says, didn't one of them condemn you? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. It's then that he tells the crowd, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You try to hide your sins in dark places, Jesus seems to say, but with me, all things are light and I will show you how to walk in that light. Just as he brought light to the sins of the Pharisees, he sees all the nooks and crannies of our souls. And he knew that the sins of the adulterous woman, but he forgave them and gave her the opportunity to step from darkness to light. Something he did for the blind man in the next chapter. He says to the disbelieving, accusing crowd, while I am here in this world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, spread the mud over the blind man's eyes, and he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Jesus takes a blind man and restores his sight, showing how he quite literally can transform a person walking in darkness into one who can walk in the light. In both instances, Jesus makes the gospel real, showing everyone how he can take them from eternal darkness into his eternal light. To his listeners who understood the importance of having a dedicated shepherd to lead his helpless sheep, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The one shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because he's working only for the money and doesn't care about the sheep. The crowd had just witnessed the Pharisees evict the man Jesus had healed of blindness from the synagogue. These hired hands didn't care for their flock. 
They were in it for money and prestige, but Jesus showed them he was willing to sacrifice himself for his sheep, and his sheep would know his voice, just as the man healed of blindness knew the beloved voice of Jesus. To the grief-stricken Martha, who bewails that Jesus didn't come in time to heal her brother, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And then Jesus showed the doubting Martha the truth of this statement. He commanded the stone be rolled away and called forth Lazarus from the grave. And Lazarus walked out of the tomb alive with his hands and feet still bound in grave stones, grave clothes. Jesus dramatically showed that he was the resurrection and the life. The grave couldn't hold anyone he called forth from it. He could restore life to someone dead, even four days in the grave. Now, we may not be able to prove this kind of miracle, but we can certainly attest to the fact that once we were dead and now we are alive in Christ. As Paul explained to the Ephesians, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that we've been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. He wants us to see the truth of the gospel, that every word is real, that he is the bread of life, providing us food to eat and his word to grow. He is the light of the world that lights our darkest ways and chases the shadows from our hearts. He is the good shepherd who guides us to green pastures and refreshing waters. And he's done so much more as the resurrection and the life, restoring us to life from the deadness of the world to live forevermore with him. Let us believe for ourselves and share it with others that they too can taste and see that the Lord is good. God bless you.